Today on The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe. In Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, we have what has been called the greatest sermon ever preached. Uh, Generally, we call it the Sermon on the Mount. This then is what it means to follow Jesus. This is what you should look like and I should look like if we say we're following Jesus. This is life in the kingdom. Welcome to The Verdict, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor John Monroe, Senior Pastor of Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is teaching His followers how to live as part of the kingdom of God. Today on The Verdict, we're getting a vivid picture of what it means to be an authentic follower of Jesus Christ. This is what you and I should look like if we're following Jesus. So now, here's Pastor John Monroe with today's lesson. Thanks for joining The Verdict today. We're just beginning this new series on the Sermon on the Mount. We're sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening as He explains to His disciples what it means to live in the kingdom of God, what it means to be an authentic follower of Jesus Christ. Jesus is God incarnate and speaks with authority. He has reminded us that we must enter the kingdom of God with a repentant heart believing in the gospel. In today's message, we're going to think of the first three of the Beatitudes. Notice that the focus is not so much on our external behavior, but rather on our heart, our attitudes, and our character. Listen as we learn how to receive the blessing of God. So I ask you to take your Bible And turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. Let me read with you then the first five verses of Matthew chapter 5. Seeing the crowds, he went up in the mountain. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Here is teaching of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Here is life in the kingdom. With Jesus, he is saying the kingdom of heaven is near. Now, first of all, we must address this question. How do we get into the kingdom of heaven? What about the entrance into the kingdom? What did Jesus say? Chapter 4, verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mark, as he begins his gospel, puts it this way in chapter 1, verse 15. The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. How do I enter the kingdom of God? It begins with repentance. It begins with believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what's repentance? Repentance is a change of mind leading to a change of attitude, leading to a change of action. It's not just saying, I'm sorry. That's not repentance. No, true repentance is an acknowledgement Please get this. An acknowledgement before a holy God that you are a sinful person. 
uh, when Christ comes into our life, there is this radical change, a fundamental change of attitude, of agendas, of orientation. And this is the focus in these magnificent Beatitudes. How are you coping with this? Have you repented? Now this is how we get into the kingdom. But what about the blessings of the kingdom? Well, kingdom living is a life of blessing. Isn't it sad that the Christian life is often presented as some kind of killjoy, sad experience? The, the reverse is true. Notice how frequent are the blessings. When we look at verses three through 12 of Matthew 5, Nine times we have this word blessing. Now let's think of the characteristics of the kingdom. We've thought of the entrance into the kingdom. Secondly, the blessings of the kingdom. Now the characteristics of the kingdom. I want to say the obvious, that Jesus is focusing not on the externals, but the internal. Jesus is focusing, and this is why it's so convicting to us, isn't it? He's focusing not so much on what we do, but on who we are. See, Jesus is first concerned with your heart, who you really are. Not the external rituals of religion, not how people view you, not even how you view yourself, but he's concerned with your heart. Here are the qualities, here are the attitudes of those living in the kingdom of those following Jesus. And as we show these wonderful characteristics, we're becoming more and more like Jesus. You see, the more you follow Jesus, the closer you follow Jesus, the more you listen to his words. That's why I think it's so important that you read the gospels. That's why I'm excited about preaching through Matthew. The more we commune with Jesus, the more these characteristics and these, and these qualities will be evidenced in our lives. Isn't that a beautiful thing in the Christian community when we've known an individual, perhaps over a period of a few years, and we see this man, we see this woman, we see this boy and this girl becoming more and more like Jesus. Sometimes they're, they're even unaware of it themselves. But here is a man who once was very harsh. And now, as he's following Jesus, the Spirit of God is changing how he communicates. Here is an individual before they came to Christ who, were very, who was very, very greedy. And as they follow Christ, they become marked by generosity and grace. So what are these qualities? Well, I want us to think of the first three of them. I'm asking you to do something very difficult. I'm asking you to examine your heart. I'm, I'm, today I'm like a, a spiritual cardiologist. Are you, are you ready for a spiritual EKG? Some of you have had that. You've gone to your doctor and uh, he or she has examined your heart and perhaps put you up to that EKG and want to know how is your heart? Well, it's wonderful to have a healthy physical heart but Jesus wants us to have a healthy spiritual heart. Here are the first three of the, of the Beatitudes. First of all, verse three. Here's the first one. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Now Jesus is not referring to material poverty, but to spiritual poverty. Blessed are the poor in spirit. What's the point? That the way of blessing, it begins, as I've said, by being repentant. It begins with an understanding that before a holy God, I'm spiritually bankrupt. I bring nothing to God, spiritually speaking, other than my sin. When I stand then before God, I, I come empty. There's nothing I can do to earn my salvation. It's not a matter of giving money. It's not a matter of changing my life around. I, I come empty to be filled with the infinite riches of Christ. Psalm 34, verse 18. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Isaiah 66, verse 2, the Lord says, This is the one to whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. The Bible says that God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I have to understand that there's to be an acknowledgement, not just that everyone has sinned, but that I am a sinful man. Have you been there? Are you, are you poor in spirit? An understanding that you're spiritually bankrupt. A turning from your self-reliance and your pride. Uh, this is being repentant, of course. You see, there's nothing in you which commends yourself to God. I understand you might be very well educated. You might be socially accomplished. You may have a lot of friends. But as far as God is concerned, you're sinful, you're poor in spirit, and you must acknowledge that. The old hymn put it well. Nothing in my hand I bring talking about being poor in spirit and coming to Christ. Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. I don't know if the camera can show us the cross, but I'm preaching under a cross. Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. Naked, come to thee for dress. Helpless, look to thee for grace. Foul I to the fountain fly. Wash me, Savior, or I die. That's it. That's what Jesus wants. Spiritually empty. Here's the wonder. In the grace of God, we receive the riches of the kingdom of heaven. Notice the words. Verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Who are those in the kingdom of heaven? Those who have acknowledged before a holy God that they are poor in spirit, that they are broken, that they are crushed, that they're totally dependent upon the grace of God. Notice the second one in verse four. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. This is not mourning for the loss of a loved one, certainly the Lord through the Spirit who's a great comforter comforts us when we go through bereavement. But the thought here, and there's a logical progression in the Beatitudes, the thought here is a mourning over our sin. It's not just that I acknowledge I'm 
a sinful person. This shows the seriousness of our sin. The prodigal in Luke chapter 15, uh, he was sorry when his money ran out. He was sorry when his friends ran away from him. He was sorry when he was reduced to eating from the pigsty. Uh, but he began to understand the seriousness of his sin when he said, I'll arise and go to my father and say, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. A mourning over our sin. Have you ever done that? Have you mourned over your sins? Have you mourned over the sin and the evil in the world? Psalm 119 verse 136, my eyes shed streams of tears because people do not keep your law. Do you remember that amazing scene when the Lord was on the Mount of Olivet? And he wept, he wept. Why was Jesus weeping? He looks out at Jerusalem and says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you that have stoned the prophets and so on, how often I would have gathered you as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you would not. He is weeping over a sinful city, the holy city that was turning their back on him, the holy one of God. Mourning over your sin. I think you'll agree with me that our present culture is a very frivolous one. It's a very superficial society. For most people, one of the top priorities of their life is having fun. There's nothing wrong with having fun, but to have that as one of your top priority shows that you lack seriousness, that there's something wrong with you. No, the Beatitude emphasizes the seriousness of our sin before God. I find it very difficult to get people to be serious and to, to think about spiritual things. We're, we're caught up in this entertainment instant society. And one of the good things that this virus has done, it has forced us to be isolated. It's forced us, I hope, to think, to think. There's a whole section of our, of our society who, who go around with headphones all the time. And I, I think, do they ever get away from that sound, whatever it is, and have a time of quietness? The psalmist says in Psalm 46, Yes, when the mountain is falling into the sea and the whole earth is turning, he says in that magnificent psalm about God is our strength and our refuge, therefore we're not going to fear. And then he says in verse 10, be still and know that I'm God. It's a great time now in your home to be still. Perhaps to go a walk and just by yourself to sit under a tree, to go for a stroll, to, to get in your home and away from the noise, away from everyone else and to do some serious thinking about yourself. Where are you before God? And may you, as Jesus said, be one who mourns over your sin, over the sin of our society and to receive this incredible blessing, a divine comfort. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Here's the third one, the last one for today. Verse five, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Doesn't that surprise you? The meek, the gentle. 
Blessed are the meek, blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, don't confuse meekness with weakness. This is not saying that Christians are, are, are to be wimpy characters, not at all. No, this gentleness, this meekness is part of the fruit of the Spirit, Paul says in Galatians 5. And our Lord Jesus was the strongest of men, but he was also the meekest and the gentlest of men. Matthew's going to record his words in chapter 11 where Jesus stands and, and says, come unto me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek. There's our word. I am meek and lowly in heart. Here is God Almighty, the one who is supreme over the elements, the one who can raise the dead and describes himself in one of his few self-descriptions as I am meek and lowly in heart. What is this meekness? Not weakness. No, it's strength under control. To have the power to smite and not to use it is strength twofold. And as our Lord Jesus comes into time and space, he comes not to do his own will, but the will of his Father. We saw that as he's baptized. And the Father says, this is my Son my well-beloved in whom I'm well-pleased. You see, we're naturally rebellious, aren't we? Sometimes that's very obvious. Other times we do it in all kinds of devious ways, passive-aggressive, sullenness. We don't like people telling us what to do. And we try to control our own lives. And if this coronavirus has taught us anything, it's taught us this, that we are not in control. And the United States may be the world's superpower, but it has not stamped out this virus. Neither have the Russians or the Chinese or all our technology and all of our science and all of our medicine and all of our armies and military power cannot stamp out this virus to date. A reminder, isn't it, that God and God alone is in control. Can you deal with that, that you're not in control? See, those who are meek are submissive to the will of God. So how are you reacting uh, to these changes imposed upon us by the federal government and the state government and the local government? Are you, are you shouting and complaining? Shouting at the government? Criticizing the president? Criticizing the Democrats? Criticizing the governor? That's not the way of meekness, is it? We need to tone down the rhetoric. We need to stop the insults. Jesus says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Humble before God, gentle towards others. You, you want to be in control? Self-assertive, you, you think life is all about you? Find it difficult to submit to your boss at work? Find it difficult to follow the guidelines and the mandate of the government? Find it difficult to submit to your parents. Men in your home, are you demanding and harsh with your children, with your wife? Or is, this, or is there present this wonderful quality of those who are in the kingdom of heaven of meekness, meekness? You see, with this in verse five, there's a tremendous promise. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. 
The promise is future. In verse 3, the promise is now. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is presently the kingdom of heaven. But to the meek, here is the promise. Here is the reward, as it were. They shall inherit the earth. You say, I'm not sure if I get it, John. Well, think of it this way. With the coming of Jesus, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, in one sense had come because King Jesus had come. But has the kingdom of God come in its fullness with all of its majesty and glory so that righteousness and justice is over all the world? No. We've got this virus. We have evil. We've got wars. We've got injustice and unrighteousness in our world today. One day that's going to end. One day, we don't know when, I believe it's very soon, our Lord Jesus is going to return. And there's various events going to happen on earth. And then our Lord Jesus is going to institute what is called the millennial kingdom, a reign of Christ for a thousand years. You can read about it in Revelation 20. And we who are part of that kingdom, we who are followers of Jesus, the Bible says we're going to reign with Christ. And we will inherit the earth. And that millennial kingdom... Yes, it will last for a thousand years. And then for all of eternity, there will be the new heavens and the new earth. And we who are followers of Jesus are part of that. And so we who are part of this kingdom will inherit the earth. That's why we pray in the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come. You see, our hope is not in this life. We look beyond this life. Yes, there are blessings here and now as we follow Jesus, but the best is yet to come as we look forward that death is not the end, that our Lord Jesus has conquered death and so our trust is in the living, eternal God. Do you believe that? I do. What's your response today? Have you repented and trusted in the Lord Jesus? If you haven't done that, can you do that right now? Yes, in your home. Get alone. Confess your sins before God and look to the cross of Christ and cry out to Christ to come and save you. He will rescue you and you'll begin to follow him. You're listening to The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe and the end of a message titled Life in the Kingdom. If you want to revisit any part of this lesson or share this Bible teaching with someone you know, just go to our website at theverdict.org. As a thank you to our listeners, we'd like to offer you a special resource that goes hand-in-hand hand with our current series on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. It's a free booklet by John that goes deeper into what Jesus taught His followers and what it really means to follow Him. By walking you through Scripture and providing insightful commentary, this guidebook offers a fresh perspective and practical application for your daily life. The booklet is titled, Life in the Kingdom. And you can request your free copy today by going to our website at theverdict.org. While you're there, you'll also have the chance to help us reach new listeners with the gospel this year by supporting our radio ministry with a donation of any amount. We're so grateful for fellow believers like you who provide the resources needed to share God's Word across the globe. To give your special New Year donation today, go online to theverdict.org or call us by dialing 833-551-2231. 
And we also want to invite you to join us for Sunday morning worship here at Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, home of The Verdict. To find directions and details or to worship with us via live stream online, just go to theverdict.org. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe. Well, what's your verdict? I know you seek the blessings of God as I do, but are you poor in spirit? Are you mourning over your sin? Are you meek and gentle? Do you understand what Jesus is teaching? Repent of your sin and your self-absorption. Mourn over your sin and with humility believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. How wonderful that Almighty God will bless you, will pour His grace, His peace, His joy on you. Next time, we'll look at the remaining five of the Beatitudes. I know you'll want to tune in. Thanks for joining us today on The Verdict. I'm Michelle Davies. Today's program with Pastor John Monroe was produced and sponsored by Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina.